With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Hello listeners and this week the market has been spooked by Ultimate Scream and we've got Matt Foot Trading to talk about it but we've also got Japes to handle a lot of gameplay chat and some controversy also around Schweinsteiger and objectives. Steve and I review Icon Swap's Guardiola and there's plenty of tips and tactical chat too. I'm your host Ben and you'll hear all that and much more on this week's Foot Weekly podcast brought to you by Foothead and our patrons. Hello and welcome to week five of the Foot Weekly podcast I have with me today. <laughs> Japes, welcome back to the Foot Weekly Thank podcast. Thank you very much, Ben. I'm glad to uh, be back after my what you know normal one-week hiatus. <laughs> and how have things been in this past week? Pretty good. You know, I'm going through the debate right now of to relegate or not to relegate for mm-hmm. the, the icon swap um, rivals objectives. I'm in Div 2, but it's more debating on how much time I actually have to devote to trying to grind because I'd rather grind but also knowing how Mm. important it is to get those icon swap objectives done I'm just trying to figure out what my balance is but other than that I've been grinding away uh, at weekend league trying to improve from last weekend and so far so good nice and Matt we have you as well Matt for trading how are you I'm very well, Ben. I'm very well. The uh, Ultimate Scream promo's back. Uh, it's been pretty mm-hmm. good so far. Had yeah. an okay weekend league, so yeah, it's been been okay. Glad to be back for another pod. Yeah, and uh, we had you on last week. We had a little market segment. It's going to be a bit more than a market segment this week, but we'll probably swap you in for Steve at some point because you have to dash off. So we're going to start with content-related things. You mentioned Ultimate Scream there. A surprise, I'd say, the quality of cards that we saw 
in that team. Absolutely, yeah. They've uh, they've really done done some good things this year. They've they've changed up the uh, the way they're um, doing like the ratings and the stat upgrades. They're moving away from these sort of these periodic upgrades where they you know change the stats around and like move the ratings depending on the time of the year. They're just going with more sort of permanent upgrades now, which I'm really in favour of. It sort of works a bit more like any other promo. But they've thrown in some some really good cards. You know, we've got that Aguero, we've got an Ibrahimovic, got a, a really nice looking Deli Ali. So they've been doing really well on that front. And I think a, a nice thing to note is that they're they're sort of breaking it up into a two part promo, aren't they? They're doing um, another set of uh, players next Friday. Next part. Of yeah, I, th- I think that feels like quite a good move. You know, I mean, two weeks is a, a long time in FIFA, mm. and uh, allowing that to almost refresh a little bit after the first week with a new set of cards is really good. So you've got a full 11 and then two SBC cards and one objectives card. Mm. And the objective card is Jekko. So, you know, not hugely useful, but maybe for SBCs or something could be quite nice. And then Milner and, and Navas as well. Jakes, have you had a chance to take a look at the team? Are there any players in there? Oh yeah. Um, I'm, this is such a mm. spicy squad that they've released. There are a bunch of players. I've already done the uh, SBC Navas and use him kind of as a super sub because I play that three five two, and my wingers tend to get really tired. So he's nice to bring on around the 60th minute or so. Um, Beyond that, that Sergio Aguero card will be in my team for the next weekend league. It's just a matter of when he gets in there. I used his regular gold mm. card for my first weekend league. Absolutely loved it. And this card has like it has icon level stats. No two ways about it. And I don't think he's terrible to get into squads. I think Odomendi obviously makes it really easy to get him into uh, with that perfect Man City Argentina mm. link. So that's something that I'm considering as well because Odomendi has pretty nice stats but beyond that uh guerrero from dortmund looks to be just a fantastic card so so versatile you can play him in a million different spots uh so he's he's the other card that i'm really really targeting that's interesting actually because i was going to mention otamendi as well because he's i would say now the second best premier league center back maybe um because actually the options after van dyke aren't particularly amazing so that's an interesting one guerrero as well i've uh, already put him into my team um, was using him over this weekend league um, as both a left-sided central midfielder and also as a, a left winger because I really like to be able to play you know a three in midfield formation as comfortably as I can play four forwards if you like and uh, he's perfect uh, I actually scored from left centre mid a hat trick with him in one game where he scored all three goals so it wasn't like a route or anything um, he's really really solid um, and, and I've just put basic on him because it gives a kind of nice all-round boost he's got decent strength um, and he's the kind of player you know he's small but he's tenacious and and really quick once he gets going if you in that central midfield position I think your opponent just isn't expecting him to kind of just burst beyond um, and and pull past just their center backs because he's he's so quick he's really really good and the only downside is the two-star weak foot I'd say apart from that I've been really impressed his finishing isn't amazing with basic but his other stats kind of compensate and he can generally find space to to take a finish or or make a pass pretty comfortably. So I've been really impressed with them, actually. Uh, have you ended up trying out any players, Matt? Or Yeah, I've, uh, I've been uh, sort of trading with them a bit more than playing with them. Um, you know, there's mm. a few cards I might be looking at for Weekend League, but um, yeah, I'm just trading with them a little bit more. You know, I picked a few of them up on the Friday night, sort of a, an hour or two after they dropped into packs and then sold them uh, a few hours afterwards once they got a little bit rarer. But yeah, I really like the look of um, Marcel Sabitza because he's he's a bit of a different one in the Bundesliga. He's sort of that box-to-box centre mid that you don't really have too many options for. You know, maybe you've got that informed Delaney, but 
other than that, Sabitza looks like the main one. So it's got a really nice defending upgrade. I like that. Um, so yeah, I might try a few of them though going into next weekend league. I like the look of Aguero as, as Jape says. You know, he's uh, sort of similar to maybe like a Kenny Dalglish icon card, that kind of thing. So there's definitely some very good options. Um, I think you'll see a lot of them rising quite nicely next week at rewards for people that look to get them in for their weekend league squads. But yeah, I'm looking forward to see who we get next week, next Friday. That could be very interesting. I can't. Well, there are a couple of cards in there that you probably wouldn't bring into your team, but really most of them. I mean, people will be they'll be in demand. You know, people will see these as great players to have in their squads. Which, you know, that, I don't think that was the case in the last few years. Absolutely. I mean, you can see it on the market as well. I mean, when they when they dropped um, like James Milner's SBC and obviously Deli Alley, you saw a lot of people, you know, selling their. Uh, their BPL centre mids, like I think Inform Wijnaldum was down a good sort of 10-20%. Um, mm. you, know, you saw a little bit of panic potentially on like an Inform Mane for that uh, BPL striker option now that Aguero was released, that kind of thing. Um, mm. So I think that definitely shows that people are interested in getting these cards into their teams. So yeah, I'll be I'll be keen on seeing how many we see next weekend league, potentially after they've dipped a little bit in the week. Um do you yeah. do you think how much do you think they're going to dip? Because uh, you know I was I'm obviously watching Aguero uh, closely, and I you know when he first came out he was at like one four, he went up to one nine, and now the last time I looked he mm. was at like one six, one seven. So I'm kind of curious yeah. where where you think he might settle. Uh, I kind of like that one six. I think he could go down to like one five depending on sort of what SBC pack supply we get during the week because obviously we've been having these you know these constant 6 p.m drops where they're they're dropping like i think today they dropped a rare gold pack for very very cheap uh they're dropping these like prime electron players packs so i think they're gonna get packed quite a lot during the week obviously we have like the promo packs in the store as well and obviously you're not gonna have as many playing sort of weekend league that kind of thing so we could if they dip you know another 10 percent i think it'd be pretty safe to go in on them i think there's a lot of people who are going to be getting them in on thursday so that could potentially raise the price rather than dip it with the uh sort of like the reward supply but, sure yeah i think the sorry the player that i wanted to mention briefly is uh ibrahimovic i feel like he's become a bit of a ea when they want to get people excited mm. they chuck in any rim pitch, you know what I mean he's just such a cult player and I think he's he's a great option for these kind of things because he's, he's off league so it's not easy to get him into a team but his stats are pretty impressive and he's a, a big name player I think he's quite a, a smart move for a lot of promos and I guess that's what they did last year with the with the flash I think he's, I mean I think uh, you can say yeah he's a smart move but he's also just like a really fun move right mm. yeah because, yeah for sure yeah he's he's just one of those like iconic players and i think you know they try to take that same approach every year with thomas muller and not not saying thomas muller's on the level of like ibra in terms of being iconic but like once upon a time was a very very good player and so they mm. always try to do you know he's included in screen this year i believe there was like a flashback last year maybe something like that yeah. um and so you know it'll be interesting to see i'm 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 excited to see who this who's in this next group but ibra certainly just always a good bit of fun to give him a little bit of pace because it's a player that people just for year in year out have enjoyed using him but more importantly are just fans of him in real life so always do their best to get him into a squad i'm really interested to see how he plays actually because to be honest i haven't used a player of his kind of size and strength this year his player profile you know i've, I've actually been using ronaldo recently cristiano ronaldo and 
the added kind of physicality he has over Mbappe has been really good for holding up the ball. And although even though actually Mbappe, I think, was slightly stronger with the chemistry start, but I think the sort of body size really, really does make a difference because players can't kind of just come in and take the ball as easily. Mm. But I think Ibrahimovic is going to be a really, really interesting player from that perspective because the differential basically between strikers and centre-backs in terms of strength Almost every game I'm playing in the weekend league, my centre backs are significantly stronger than my opponents' strikers, and it's pretty much the you know the same the other way around as well. And having someone like Ibrahimovic could be quite interesting in terms of actually being able to bully the centre backs for strength, which I haven't really seen much of, basically, um, especially not at the kind of more meta end of the weekend league or or rivals, if you like. So I think it could be an interesting. Interesting one to try out, and if anyone tries him, any listeners out there, then you know, tweet me at Foot Weekly Ben. I'm I'm keen to hear. Matt, moving on a bit. Uh, Lewis asks, do you think the content so far has been good enough, especially with regards to the quality of SBC pricing? I should just state that I think he's going to be talking about player SBCs because the SBCs for packs has, I feel, been pretty mm. good value. I think you know we'll see what we get next week. Um, I think Milner is a great a great option. Um, he's not too mm. badly overpriced. You know, it's uh, it's still early on in the game, so we, I don't think we can expect EA to be handing out these top tier cards for like ten, twenty, you know, fifty k a pop. I think they've got to make them a little bit expensive. But mm. yeah, we've had uh, a Milner and Hazus Navas, both really good cards. You know, Milner a top tier BPL centre midfielder that people can use. Obviously, Liverpool as well. And Navas is a, a really good right mid option in La Liga, so I can't see any any fault with the the SBC content. I think, as well in objectives, Edin Dzeko looks like a, a great option for you know just a uh, some uh, a striker for people to obtain through a gameplay objective. I think that's a really solid choice. But yeah, as you say, I think the the real key from this promotion so far has been that that regular pack content from SBCs. I think that's been the the main thing for me that's made it a really, really good promotion. Just giving us, you know, good quality packs for super, super cheap. Um, it's a really good move. And I have to say that because I packed my first icon from oh, the, uh, the, the oh, SBC yesterday. Okay, yeah, so, that makes more there. sense now while we're talking like that. Exactly. <laughs> Christian Vieri, thank you very much. Nice. Talking about sort of player SBCs, I think more generally, I don't know whether he's which he's referring to here, but I think to broaden it out a little bit, I personally feel like it feels a little bit hit and miss. Like James Milner, 220k, 250k, something like that. Wijnaldum is tradable and he's like really similar for 100. I mean, you could, if you're, if you want to play that card, you could look at Artur Vidal and his stats are possibly other than like Mm. his pace, but all better than Milner. And then also you look at that Schweinsteiger as well. I mean, 250k felt, I mean, I know it's a really, you know, the stats are really good. All right, I've been waiting for this moment. Schweinsteiger, I have, I have a major bone to pick, and I sent Jamie the Foot Economist. I sent him a DM because I felt so strongly about this, which I, which I ra- largely, you know, I'm, I'm very much of the mind like you do you. But Schweinsteiger is receiving his end of an era card. Because of how iconic he's been, he's been at the, to the top of his game, you know, for such a long time. He's a high-profile player, blah 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 blah. So they're giving him his final awesome foot card to remember what he was like in his prime. For all of those German fans, those Bayern fans, just in general Schweinsteiger fans, put the promo for his entire career. It is out for seven days. The player of the month is out for a month. 
right? I don't under I just mm-hmm. don't understand like this is his final season. He is retired. This is his last year that he will have a card like this on FIFA. Just leave it up for the remainder of the game. Let people grind towards it. This early in the cycle for a 250k SBC to put it out for 7 days is bonkers to me. There's no there's no harm in leaving this up for the entire cycle. He's in an off league in the MLS. He's got German links, but people might say, ah, oh, he's not pacey enough. So like, why not leave it up? I don't understand it. Matt, what are your thoughts on that? I think I, I definitely agree with what James is saying, you know, but I can somewhat see the, the counter side from EA in that, you know, they want, they know that uh, Bastian Schweinsteig is quite a popular player, you know, he's, he's been around uh, a long time and he's got some really sort of devoted fans. So, in that regard, if they have a time limit on it of only seven days and they make it 200k, you can sort of force people, well, not force people, but entice people into doing it because they think, okay, this is the probably the best card he's going to get this year, potentially. You know, it's his end of an era. It's a really good card. I think it's the, the highest total in games. I, I mean, you, so you're trying to tell me that Schweinsteiger is enough of an incentive for most people that it's going to actually make a meaningful dent in the market. Have you how many how many times have you come up against Schweinsteiger? I've come up against him a couple of times. I wouldn't say it's it's a meta card. I think anyone that's like a, a hardcore FIFA player or a pro player that's sort of invested in the meta, they'll know that it's not going to make a big dent in that. But I think you know the more casual players, you know players that are fans of of Schweinsteiger, they're going to go out and want to complete this card. So with that, you know, seven or however many day time limit on it. You know they're gonna be forced to maybe into opening packs to get the coins to to complete the SBC. You know they might have to rinse some untradeables in their club. And again, it just sort of it helps EA make a little bit of money. It takes coins off the market because people are having to make those split decisions. So while I agree that they should, you know, they should give people the option to complete it. You know, a month down the line or two, three months down the line if they want to. I don't think it benefits them as much giving people that much time to make a decision or make the coins to be able to complete the card Mm. interesting discussion from and points from both sides i think and so matt just to wrap up with you before we bring in steve what are your thoughts overall on the market at the moment because i know scream has had a an impact as such and and some of the more desirable cards on the market have dropped as we were chatting about earlier again it comes back to that that sbc content they're doing a very good job of sort of regulating the gold market with these these low cost high reward sbcs um they're changing the meta around a lot by releasing you know these these high-end desirable cards so it's you know it's a bit of both like some areas of the market are very very nice to trade in at the moment when you have this these sbcs with packs you know i'm still trading my icons a lot because there's a you know very good opportunities to get in on some some low-end deals when people are listing their freshly packed icons that kind of thing and um you know obviously these screen cards when they first were released they got flooded onto the market you know they got undercut and undercut as people were selling their pack pools and then sort of a few hours later when people actually wanted to go out and buy them they absolutely flew i think as uh, jape said he went from like one point i think 1.2 mil i saw people buying them for up to like 1.9 mil so it's it's a ridiculously volatile market to trade in when you have these these meta cards and i like that what i would say to people that are listening and, and trying to trade or invest in this market is that you have to be i think over this next week or so especially when we've got this this screen promo going on is that you need to be looking for short-term profits because of these 6 p.m content drops that are coming out 
uh, you can't be sort of holding these these gold cards past the 6 p.m. release um, because you're going to have this this pack and SBC content that's just going to keep killing them every night. So that'll be my sort of top tip for this this coming week is sort of trade between those 6 p.m content drops if that makes sense so sort of buy after the 6 p.m content drops sell maybe overnight or into the next morning but yeah try and stay liquid going into 6 p.m because you never know what they're going to drop it's mm. a promo they've been killing it so far with the with the non-stop live content those those wonderful words as we usually uh, refer to so yeah i'm excited to see what comes doing mm. well we did actually have a question from Pewmeister about icon flipping. Yep. I think we should probably cover that in future so we can give you a, a good amount of time to, to explain it in detail as Matt's making a good, a good go of it for sure using icon trading methods. So uh, thanks, Matt, for coming along this week. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. I'm sorry it was a, a shorter uh, appearance. Uh, I'll be back to cool. the more regular, longer recordings next week. And you can follow Matt Foot Trading at Matt Foot Trading on Twitter and uh, you can check out his Twitch, which is also Matt Foot Trading. Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure, Matt. We'll see you very soon. And it's time to take a quick break before inviting Steve onto the podcast. You'll need a little bit of a recuperation before Steve enters the fray. Now in the break is a good opportunity to mention that the Foot Weekly podcast is made possible by patron support. And so if you're interested in getting much more out of your Foot Weekly podcast experience, then at the $3 tier, you get all the Foot Weekly bonus podcasts that come out right now. There's this podcast's extra time segment with Japes and Steve dropping some really good dribbling advice, actually, and some tactical and formation tips from all of us so as i said if you're interested in supporting the podcast for just three dollars and getting loads of bonus podcast content including all podcasts ad free go to bit.ly slash more pod that's bit.ly slash more pod or check out the link to the extra time podcast in the description hello and welcome back after the break and joining us for the second half is steve stokes aka the foot coach steve how are we at Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Very good, Ben. Very good, thank you. Just enjoyed watching the uh, the Manchester United and Liverpool game. Yeah, I was I was concerned about doing this podcast at this point. I was uh, <laughs> wondering whether we might be coming into it after a Manchester United hammering, but uh, yeah, it wasn't as bad as I'd, I'd expected. To be as, honest, as long as we're less mediocre than Manchester United, Ben will be doing fine. I mean, to be honest, I can't really argue with any of this. This is the problem. It has been pretty dire, Steve. Uh, we're going to talk more about kind of gameplay and things, all that stuff. But last week we obviously did a podcast without Japes. And we're talking about first owner objectives and the various objectives that were available for icon swaps, right? I wanted to give Japes an opportunity to actually kind of give his thoughts because it's definitely a popular topic in the community. Japes, have you found those objectives and the first owner objectives? Yeah, no, I, I think they're great for, for the most part. I think they're, you know, okay. I've already, you've already got me on one like strongly opinionated uh, borderline rant to begin with here. So my first owner <laughs> or the... Uh, Icon swap objectives, for the most part, absolutely fantastic. Now, the the first owner I, is a ton of fun. Like, I truly, truly enjoy it, having to use players that I normally wouldn't, build some unique squads. Um, and so it has made 
it very, very enjoyable. That said, when you're in Division Two or Division One or you know even Division Three, and you're coming up, you don't know whether you're going to be coming up against a guy that is also trying to do the objectives or a guy that's gearing up for weekend league with his weekend league squad. And so when you roll into those games and you come up against a guy that's gearing up for weekend league, it's just not that fun because you're playing somebody that is at your skill level, which is the great part with rivals is that you're constantly playing people at your skill level. And so when you plateau or reach like an area where or a division where everybody is of the same skill level as you you should probably win half the games and lose half the games and just stand right put and when you get to that point if you're at that point already and all of a sudden you're asked to use a team with a bunch of first owner items which in 99% of the time will be a weaker team than you would normally use and come up against a guy that's still using his preferred team with all tradable items like that's just not that fun it's not that rewarding so for me looking at the different uh friendly options that have already been available this year like I don't see why you couldn't do a an objective game mode similar to like a weekend league Right, where you know you've got the dedicated servers and stuff that are all available all week long. Why not create an environment where people can go in and try to grind out their objectives and be as simple as your team has to have seven first owner items, right? And people could play with the Premier League team or a BBVA team or, or a Santander, excuse me, La Liga or Serie A or League One or Bundesliga, and you're still going to be coming up against other first owner teams, which to me would just make it super super fun now that also make it might make it too easy for some people and so i think that's the tricky part that they're likely trying to find the balance on but for me like the squad battles one's great knocked him out felt like a grind because really you're just playing what is it like 20 games of squad battles or i don't know whatever however many objectives worth of squad battles there were you're playing those games but now rolling over to rivals i'm like Dude, I, I'm gonna have to like skip a weekend league to be able to do this. Like, I don't know when I'm gonna have time to do these because I don't know how long it's gonna take. And like, it should be a grind, but I, I don't, you know, it just doesn't feel that good the first time that I go in a match, even with my Premier League first owner squad, and I come up against a team that has like six icons, Messi, Mbappe, and Neymar. You know, it, it's like it's not an equal playing field when I'm playing someone of an equal skill level. I wonder, Japes, if one of the reasons why they're a bit reluctant to do it in the friendly mode is that you'd get a bit of collusion going on. Well, where well, that's... you can either, either match up with your pals or you can give your squad a certain team name and uh, the results don't matter quite so much, whereas in Div Rivals, at least there's more on the outcome of the game. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think it has to be a friendly game mode, but I'm saying, like, why not turn foot champs into, like, foot objectives monday through thursday but then are you saying that it would be random matchmaking so you'd face literally anyone of any ability because i think that was the problem in previous years so like for example i found any objective that was in single player and i'm sure you probably did as well unbelievably easy because basically everyone was worse right i mean it was fine for people like us or our end of the ability spectrum and you know i'm not even as good a player as you are and and so it's the people who are at the other end of the spectrum who really have to play almost all week to obtain the objective and i guess for them theoretically rivals is a fairer way of 
doing it. Yeah, right? I mean, I, I certainly, I certainly don't disagree with you there. I think it's just tricky when you get up to the top divisions. Like I'm coming up against nonstop verified players that are just practicing for the weekend league, right? Or, yeah, or yeah. you're getting guys that are like, this is going to take too long. Like, I'll just relegate myself. To me, like, mm-hmm. I also, I'm starting to care less and less about my record. So certainly it's of consideration because part of the problem for me, too, is likely or the times that I get to play FIFA, oftentimes they're like very weird. Like many times I don't play when I get home from work. I play when I wake up in the morning because I'll wake up at, I don't know, five in the morning, play for two hours before work. And people in my division are just like not on. So I'll maybe like sit there, sit there, refresh, refresh, refresh and get two or three games. And if those people aren't going for objectives as well, it's just a waste of time. Yeah, that's interesting. What I found, and this will be different depending on division. I'm in division three. You're saying you're what division two are you? I'm almost division one. Almost division one. And basically what I found is everyone pretty much was doing the objectives. So it wasn't too bad. Like I think in maybe... 20 games that I played this week I was really trying to rattle through them um, so that I could get Guardiola for this weekend I faced I think maybe one or two players not doing it so that obviously made it way easier because although you faced a couple of people who happened to have ridiculously good teams the quality of of team in division three isn't super crazy anyway so it's not like I was facing a load of icons um, in the games where people had a very strong team. So players in Division 1 and 2, I guess, are going to be in a more unique position. But I do wonder whether, yeah, there is some kind of other way of doing this and maybe at least giving an option of also being able to complete it in friendlies. So then people who are at the bottom five divisions, say, will probably avoid doing it in friendlies because they're going to face better players. And then all the other players may feel that they get more joy out of doing it in friendlies instead you still have to get the win to complete the objective so there wouldn't be any there shouldn't be so much collusion but it is tricky and i think with the game and i think this has happened for a few years it feels like the actual design of the base mode itself just is always trying to play catch up with that you know we've got the stuff this year the right objective system to make that work it felt like we should have had this system last year for the way they were doing objectives so it'd be good to see next year if they can kind of try and rectify this complaint people have but on the other hand i would say that my experience in rivals really wasn't that bad and i i would imagine that it would be similar for people below division three how did you find it steve because i know you have unlocked guardiola right as well yeah i've completed them all actually pretty much what jape said at the expense of playing weekend league i've had a pretty busy weekend anyway but i've managed i managed to finish it today and yeah pretty Mm. much the same thing i've not found it that difficult as you say the vast vast majority of people are, are trying to complete these objectives anyway so you've got a pretty level level playing field there. Yeah, it takes time. You're going to be getting, I mean, hopefully I'll be getting Guardiola and probably Rio Ferdinand or Roberto Carlos. So you're looking at, you know, getting on for a million million coins worth of card there. So I don't have a problem personally with it, with it being a bit of a grind. I think um, I want to chip in on your point about objectives there as well. Um, because I think that they're, they're much, much better than last year. We're not getting silly sort of, gold reward packs with four bronze players in them or something now so that's that's much better but I think that it's become a bit I find it very difficult to believe that anybody looks at the objectives before playing a set of games and says right I must do this 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 and this because it's just it's become completely impossible to keep track of them all there are just so many I think for your average player certainly 
it's just become just a bit of a mess. Uh, I'd just like it to be a bit more simplified and streamlined, I think. It's really interesting because I thought that, and I'm personally not attempting to do any objectives that aren't for like specific players or or things that I, you know, most of the objectives I'm doing, I'm just completing by accident for most things. But actually, having been in the, the Discord with the patrons, loads of them are actually grinding through objectives, you know, just enjoying uh, that kind of completion aspect of the game and getting those packs and a few other things. I guess, you know, you've got to appreciate that, and I'm in the same boat as you here, Steve, that's just not the way we want to play FIFA. But for some people, actually doing those objectives is is quite fun. They quite enjoy that. So. You can't account for crazy, Ben. <laughs> well, exactly. I just, I really hope that these people who have tanked down divisions to, to complete these objectives as easily as possible have found, and I, I think from some of the feedback that I've had, I think this may be the case, I hope they found that so many players have tanked down there as well. They found it just as competitive, if not more so, because the sort of mid to... You know, your Division 5 to Division 3 are full of players who are there on merit, whereas now you've got mm. like Division 7, Division 8 full of Division 2, Division 3 players. I really hope that when it comes to them getting back out of that division, it's going to be that competitive that they're stuck in Division <laughs> 7 for the rest of the year. And I have no regret in saying that at all. You deserve it. I, I mean, for yeah. me, like, I think I'm going to just play and like do the best I can. But honestly, if I get relegated i don't think that i'll play rivals unless there is an objective to complete that is sensible mm. i think i think that's a smart approach japes but that's stupid it's counterproductive when you're getting weekly rewards for where you finish in rivals to also then be incentivized to essentially not play i guess you're de- you're deciding which rewards you like better at that point and I don't know. I, 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 bleh, it's icky. All of it's icky. I agree with what you're saying in the sense that it's kind of counterproductive to, to climb to the highest division you can if you're going to pursue these rewards. So, yeah, totally sensible just to use rivals as a, as a means of achieving these rewards. But, yeah, by doing that, you, as you say, you're limiting yourself, aren't you, in, in terms of the, uh, the rewards that you're achieving every week. It's something they've got to look at. I mean, it's... It's obviously not something that they're going to patch during FIFA 20, but God forbid they've got to look at it next year, surely. And actually, Japes, on a positive note from your perspective, you were saying that you've had quite a decent amount of luck in untradeable rewards and have built some decent first owner teams. And I guess uh, that's that's one positive, right? Yeah, it's, it's positive. I, I quite enjoy doing the gold upgrade this year and have gotten some decent cards from doing that. So you know, it's made it easier to create some first owner teams like that. And as you know, we continue, we all continue to get more red picks, right? It's going to be easier and Mm. easier to make first owner teams. Now there's red pick upgrades, which is going to, or what are those like the SBCs where you can upgrade your red cards. Um, That's going to be interesting to see how those play out too. But, you know, as the year goes on, it's going to be easier and easier to have better and better first owner teams. Yeah. And I think it's quite a good aspect for red picks to, make them more interesting because now i'm like oh like i got oh, uh, i need these red picks like, right like even getting yeah, the bad ones exactly, doesn't yeah. feel bad i got kayla navas and i was like wasn't never gonna use him but now yeah i got i got the red weston mckinney and i was like you know what i can very much get away with using him in a bundesliga side i did i also got weston mckinney and used him in my bundesliga first owner side and he was he was pretty decent so i think that is a huge positive and, and we should highlight that as well let's move on to talking about 
the icon swaps themselves. We covered it a lot in last week's podcast with um, Zway and with Andy, but I wanted to, with Steve, who's also unlocked Guardiola, talk a bit about Guardiola because I think he's a player that a lot of people will be looking at having completed their tokens and getting enough to afford him. So Steve, do you want to go first? What what have you made of him and, and what chemstyle are you using? I'm using Shadow on him at the moment, mm-hmm. playing him as the, well, putting a round peg in a round hole, essentially. He's got the... Uh, high defensive work rate and medium attacking work rate so I, I've recently changed the way that I've been using him actually I, I started out using him as the defensive minded centre mid in a four four one one, and to be honest with you I wasn't too happy with him I, I found that he was kind of caught between two stools he was neither particularly effective staying back uh, and pretty much completely ineffective going forward so I wondered if that was perhaps down to the card itself or perhaps down to the way that I was using him. So I've played a couple of games, well, more than that, four or five games now in the 4-1-4-1 with him sitting as the designated CDM. And I have to say that it's brought him to life. It's, um, yeah, I was really worried that I'd wasted my foot swaps, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, playing playing as a single pivot... If, you, if you've got other midfielders ahead of him getting forward and, and taking the pressure off him going forward, I've found him actually great would be an exaggeration, but I've found him very good. So, he, he plays like a, a 400,000 coin card should, I would say. Okay, so you're doing, you start back over with the knowledge that you have now. Do you do Guardiola or do you say, mm, I think there's probably a better option? I think he will probably be in my team and till perhaps early next year so yeah i'm kind of good with that i mean the, the idea as i said japes earlier is to uh sort of pair him with ferdinand who would hopefully be in there a lot longer so if i can get you know a, a potentially maybe an end game defender in ferdinand probably won't be depends how uh how much i play and how how high i get up but if i get that coupled with a player that, that i'm going to get value out of until january february uh more than happy with that i think it's important to stress that guardiola definitely does have a life expectancy in this game that you know after after a certain point he's going to become pretty useless but for somebody who wants to to maximize the the potential of, of, of the return that they can get from investing all this time in in completing the objectives i think that if, if you're playing with a cdm i would say go for it if you're not if you want to play him as part of a two-man midfield i would say think twice steve i totally agree i think that he is a really excellent sort of pivot defensive midfielder, as he was, I assume. You know, I mean, I didn't get to see him play. A lot of people say he shouldn't be an icon as well, but I imagine he was pretty good in that role in real life, and that's what his stats suggest he'd be good at. I whacked a shadow on him because I whack a shadow on pretty much all defensive players, and his pace actually feels really nice. His interceptions and defensive awareness, are, well, defensive awareness is 99 his inceptions are 96 and you really do feel that he positions himself really well and with his 89 acceleration he gets himself across to make inceptions really nicely and he feels very smooth on the ball I think surprisingly I'm not boosting his his dribbling and passing stats at all and despite 68 dribbling he feels very competent you know you're not going to take on a player with him but you shouldn't really anyway but he he feels very smooth very nice and his physicality while not amazing is okay yeah, it's, it's just enough. And for me, he's one of those players and I quite like to have a player like this. I'm always forced to make a substitution sometimes because he gets a bit tired. You know, I have Alan in the team as well. Alan just fills in there 
absolutely no problem. And I'll sub someone else in to get some kind of dynamism back into the team. I've been pretty impressed. I, I think I didn't expect much for eight tokens. And he's kind of maybe even exceeded expectations. But as you say, I think he is much better as the holding defensive midfielder. Yeah. Single holding defensive midfielder. Yeah, if you want to play like a dub, double pivot, I think he's probably okay. You know, if you if you have two CDMs, he'll be okay. But having him as sort of potentially going box to box, he's not so good. But he's not terrible either. And if you're trying to get chemistry on a team, he's fantastic being a central player. So, I think one of the things that I noticed really is that if he was just playing in... If you played him in a flat, I don't know, 4-3-3, 4-4-2, 4-4-1-1, whatever, he didn't really have the impetus that I'd look for. He wouldn't work that hard in getting back when, when you were under pressure, if you were being countered or what have you. He'd often just sort of sit there in no man's land and watch a game go past. Um, but that was cured entirely by moving him into that CDM spot. Uh, you may be right. Maybe in something like the 4-2-3-1 with a double pivot might work. Don't know, perhaps. Uh, but... Uh, you said he's a 400k player. Not sure he's a 400k player, but he's a 400k icon, if you know what I mean. You know, yeah. And, and the links that he provides are quite nice. And with the objectives that we have coming out, having a, a central icon, I think is quite helpful. My other icon is going to be Ferdinand, hopefully, as long as I can complete all of them. And the combination of the Guardiola, Ferdinand, and Stegen and Quadrangle, I think it's going to work well. Later in the game cycle, when. Uh one of the objectives to earn a prime icon is to make 20 tackles with a first owner icon. Um, Guardiola's going to come in really handy, isn't he? I'm absolutely expecting that now. Um, Jamie, if you're listening, <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> yeah, I think we've covered Guardiola now for sure. Hopefully there were a few people who haven't already gone in for Nesta. I haven't heard great things about Nesta so far, but uh, hopefully uh, Andy's enjoying him. So moving on, one question we had from Ginzi is, what are everyone's thoughts on any emerging in quotes, meta formations this year. It seems that there is a wider variety of options, but he's not necessarily found one that stands out as a, a go-to. I think it's a good opportunity to talk about what formations we are using more generally, actually. Um, and Japes, we haven't heard from you for a week or well, two weeks. So um, good to hear how things are going for you on that front. Yeah, I so I was using the four four one one um for my first weekend and since have transitioned to a three five two. I hit Elite 2 last weekend and had a couple games where I really fell prey to the delay monster. My my style of play, I just if I have any sort of delay, I just don't I just don't play well. Um and it like get, totally gets into my head. So, uh this weekend I am on uh two or three losses so far. I have five games left to play. So, I uh, could shape up for another good weekend for me i'd love to be able to get to that 27 and 3 but um handled a bunch of verified foot players this week pretty well um and again just fell prey to some you know some some games where i knew that i shouldn't be uh I, it just didn't feel right like you could you know the connection yeah just, yeah you're playing those passes and your players are kind of yeah missing and it's, the pass it's more like, I, yeah. I tend to play where i i like quick turns and yeah, then like quick combo play uh, the way i do it uh, 
the input or whatever it is like my left stick's not going the right way so i end up with stuff just like all over the place my players are clunky turning and it gets in my head and i freak out but i've only had really two of those one of the games today i I just got beat so um i'm always good with Mm. that when that happens it's great you you're able to learn something from it so Mm. you know i'm hoping um, if i could get 27 this week that'd be great but i feel good and i feel like there could be a 27 in my future so really enjoying that 352 a teacher was telling me yesterday after I played with him in a match, defeat and mistakes aren't mistakes and defeats. They're learning opportunities. <laughs> Steve, that would be something that you'd enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. I love cliches like that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as every good coach does. Talking about the delay thing, I actually will come back to formations because I, I did want to talk about that and you've brought it up. And I know it's something that you mentioned in, I think, the Extra Time podcast, maybe when you're on last time. And we didn't really discuss it in detail. But for me, the amount, there's been a massive increase in the amount of people talking about delay problems around connection there's always that um in the community a lot of people have problems with connection there are loads of different reasons why that can happen we did a foot information podcast on connection which people should go back and and listen to with a man i think you know james tom mills from foothead and uh it was also discussed in this month's icon roundtable podcast but i think one of the things i wanted to point out to everyone is just this week ea have started to roll out what they call the telemetry tool so where they survey people after the game currently it's rolled out to game changers they seem to want to do it for sort of a a closed core group first and then they'll roll it out beyond that over time which is what they did last year so they are now monitoring people's feedback on the connection experience but personally mine has been if this makes sense 50 percent worse than it was last year really surprising considering the amount of work they did on it last year and my connection just hasn't changed at all i don't know whether steve you feel it's been worse than last year or better i know you've had a few connection issues in the past yeah, it's been pretty much the same for me, really, Ben. Uh, the, the problem that I have, really, is in matchmaking. I tend to get matched with people who are clearly not from Lincolnshire, shall we say. Um, <laughs> I, I tend to get a lot of people who are clearly Dutch, uh, a lot of people who are clearly Spanish, and a lot of people who are clearly Italian. One of the issues may be lag compensation, that perhaps it's playing against people who are on a slightly worse connection than than the person experiencing the delay and that the the lag compensation actually favours the person with the worst connection. Mm, that is certainly a, an interesting topic and it's somewhat unclear whether there is lag compensation or there isn't. But on, I think we, we talk about it in the, the Foot Information podcast, but basically, theoretically, you could have, because people's connections to the server vary, the server can kind of try and compensate by making the person who has the better connection slightly worse in order to create an even playing field between the two. But obviously that, feels slightly ridiculous because you're punishing someone who's got a better connection and also making them play on an unfamiliar with an unfamiliar gameplay experience which is totally unfair i i actually think they don't do this um, it's my understanding but it is possible that i think it's possible that, that it's something that's completely unintentional yeah i also think that's really possible and i've said this loads of times like fifa is actually quite an ancient game i think the online connection and the way it works i mean traditionally it was made as a peer-to-peer game right i mean all games before the last three years were on peer-to-peer connections between players. Now they've introduced server gameplay, which is a positive thing, should make people's experiences better, especially when playing someone with a worse connection. But actually, I think that that there could be some issues within the game with the the infrastructure or the coding that actually has is somewhat of a hang-up and dates back to previous years and is causing problems for how it sort of executes the gameplay and causes delay potentially. And this is just me speculating and, and having chatted to a few people who know much more than me and I, I hope they can 
use the information that's being provided again through the tele telemetry to improve the connection experience because I think I speak for a lot of people and, and judging by like a quick survey I did of patrons earlier, we actually had a adjustment which came out kind of quite quietly on Friday. Joel Doonan, who I'd recommend following, I think it's Doonans and Dragons on Twitter, he works on the sort of the server side of things or, or most connected to that. And he was saying that they've changed it so that the distance that you can get matched up in, I guess, has, has been narrowed. So actually, Steve, I don't know, that suggests over the last few days, maybe your connection might have had less Italians than, than previously. But uh, Nothing against Italians, by the way. Yeah, I, I, the only thing for me, um, yeah, I, I, I guess I made like a conscious effort to try to play at non-peak times this weekend. Um, but mm. the what I would say is, uh, how would I phrase this? I just it's it's clear that gameplay feels different in every game mode that you go into, which is yeah. crazy. And I am not a person who had delay much at all in previous years. And this is the first year that I have felt it. And now I get what people are talking about. And I feel the pain when you get mm. a game like that. And it just hasn't been something that's happened to me often in previous years but it's clearly there and it's clearly in the game and it's clear that people have been very very vocal and that ea are aware of it and so my uh, spidey senses might say that their general silence around the topic means that it's perhaps something that they can't fix so hmm. Well, it's not a quick fix anyway. It's not yeah, like, or it's oh, not a simple let's fix. Let's pay for more servers or something like right. that. Right, it's yeah. not a simple fix. Because if it was mm. a simple fix and they could identify it, they would say, we heard you, we're fixing it. And the silence mm. makes me believe that it is not that simple. So I will continue to play at weird times, um, which means that oftentimes I get matched up against better players that, uh, you know... Uh, well, I don't know if it's better players or not, but, you know, when you play at peak times, the chances that you come up against a bad player are more frequent in just my experience. So I would like EA to potentially acknowledge it and say, we're trying mm -hmm. to understand what could be causing this. And when we have, we will work towards creating a solution. And the problem with that, though, and why they won't do it and why if I was in their position, I wouldn't do it is even if they were to say that people would say, well, how long? And the answer mm -hmm. from their end is going to be, well, they don't know until they find what the problem would be. So, mm. you know, I play on a perfect connection. It is wired. I have fantastic internet. I don't get DCs. And I, you know, have had some games where it was utterly shocking. It was utterly, utterly mm. shocking. And that's just incredibly frustrating when the game mode is the rewards that you get in the game mode are the best rewards that you can possibly get in the entire Ultimate Team universe. And the dedicated servers create an unfair, borderline and playable environment. Mm. Yeah, I did, I, you're correct on that. I think it's really frustrating as well because I've personally really been enjoying the gameplay this year when it's actually smooth and when it feels good. But I think this gameplay with the defending how it is especially is really badly affected by delay as well. I think that has to be highlighted. I've never felt before that delay has been as much of a factor in the way that I've played, although I've always struggled with delay and the way that I play also doesn't suit delay conditions. But this year, I think it's particularly tough to play when you can feel that sluggishness. And sometimes you know, and I don't know whether you've had this, Japes, as well, that your opponent oh, not doesn't playing. have that sluggishness. They're, you know, he's doing like 
pirouettes with Mertens and my entire yeah. back line is on ice skates. You know, like uh, they're yeah, just yeah. sliding by and it's like, what, you know, what can you do in those situations? I totally agree. And actually, just to quickly point out, you know, we're saying this is something that's out of our control as people who have very good connections. I would really encourage people to do the very best to make your connection as good as possible because I think you're basically giving yourself a disadvantage by not improving your connection if you can. Power line adapters are a big one as well. If you can can do that, if you're currently on Wi-Fi, things like that. The Foot Information Podcast, um, I'll link it in the description if you want to, to learn more about it. Yeah, when we, my wife and I moved, rearranged our basement a little bit, and that meant the desk setup changed, and that meant that I was ordering longer cables to make sure that I could find a way to keep a wired connection because it is that mm. important. Yeah, no, it, re it really is. Let's go back to what we started discussing, metaformations. Um, Ginzi was asking about the emerging metaformations you've seen. One thing actually to note is that if you want to look at your opponent's formation, obviously from goal kicks and defensive free kicks, you can see how they've set up. But also if you press start and then go to player ratings, which is on the sort of flickable tile on the pause menu, you can see it there. Japes, what have you seen doing well for people and what do you think could be emerging yeah, I mean, yeah, well, I think it depends on the player, but certainly 4-1-2-1-2 narrow, 4-2-3-1 have all proven to be quite strong. I think if you are a great player, I have had some serious problems against a 4-4-2, but I think you have to be a really smart and talented player to get the most out of that formation. So I don't think I don't I, like that's a formation I think is not super forgiving if you mess up. But if you rarely mess up, it is a great, great formation this year. Yeah, I, f I feel like I've played the four two 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 quite a lot. Steve, I don't know what your thoughts are on the more popular ones. In a broader sense, when it comes to meta formations, I really don't think that there is a meta this year. And I think that's great testimony to the to the gameplay devs, because I think really when we're talking about metas, what we're talking about is exploits if, if we cast our minds back to, to last year things like the crossing meta didn't really emerge until i think it was sometime in the new year wasn't it um hmm. and it, it, it tends to be that i mean the, the reason that people were playing the 4-2-3-1 last year it wasn't because it was a particularly overpowered formation it was because it was the the formation that would enable you to exploit the the first time finesse and what have you most most efficiently and then it was the formation which you could El Tornado cross to the other cam, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. It, was, um, it wasn't so much about the formation, it was about the, the mechanics that could be abused within that formation, really. I think that because there are no particular exploits this year, I think that's why so many formations are as effective as the others. I mean, you can, you can pretty much make, make any system work this year, I think, in my experience. I don't think there's any that are particularly overpowered or underpowered. And I think it's pretty much, as, as Jape said, I think there's a real emphasis on people this year to, to figure out their own play style and basically work towards finding a, a formation that suits them. In, in terms of meta formations, though, I, I'm not a believer this year, certainly not, not at this point unless, unless some exploit emerges later in the year. Yeah, and I think this is a good point to just highlight, which I know a lot of people who listen to the podcast sometimes are quite new, actually, to FIFA Ultimate Team. And uh, something that was introduced over the last two years is game plans, which is really, really important. And, you know, I personally, I think it would be the same for both of you, go into the game in a formation purely for chemistry and then use game plans, which you can get to by pressing L2 and then going down to uh, custom tactics. And those plans that you set up, will allow your team to just switch into whichever formations you've preset and whichever tactics and instructions you've preset. And uh, means you can have sort of four different options beyond your starting formation for 
different situations. And I personally, for example, play the 352 like JPS you do against narrow formations because it just works really well in that situation. And and then I have uh, a very very aggressive formation, the 433 brackets four. So with the two CMs and the cam, it just seems to work really well for pressing opponents. So yep. I think there are quite a few different options. Great. I think that's where we leave it for this week. Then plenty more tactical discussion and gameplay tips in the Extra Time podcast for patrons. As always, a reminder to check out Japes on Twitter at AirJapes and to check out Steve at The Foot Coach and try out his coaching as well. Um, a link in his pinned tweet. And of course, almost forgot. Thank you very much, Japes, for coming along this week. You're welcome. I appreciate the thank you. <laughs> and Steve, um, thank you very much for joining us as well. No need to thank me. My, my ego is good. Uh, on that. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Japes, that was a bit hard. <laughs> <laughs> Taxi. Yeah. <laughs> and so that is where we leave it this week. Apart from the extra time segment, which includes some interesting chat about formations, tactics, and some really quality dribbling advice from both Japes and Steve, all of that is available along with all the bonus podcast content from just $3 a month. It keeps the podcast running. It allows me to put in so much more time into the podcast than I've ever been able to before. The consistency, the amount of guests, long-term listeners will know has far exceeded anything that I've managed in the past. And that's all thanks to those patrons. And so if you'd like to be a supporter too, it's very easy. Just go to bit.ly slash more pod. So bit.ly slash more pod for loads more podcast content. Finally then, huge thanks to all those patrons and to Foothead and those icon patrons chris w gabe n dominic rob p martin m matt l anthony r dj fifa player hunter b paul alistair stephen m dave b shane w lomda also ran alan m sam mg savage p matt h roger d at pace of a tortoise andrew t jason b d pobius alan g neil m jimmy b craig m lee b Tenacious C, Christopher R, Hans OS, Craig S, Legendary Fig, Liam, Mohammed FC, and Ryan G. Thank you very much, and I'll catch you again very soon. Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.